It may be cold, but it's warm in our hearts this morning as we begin Roadmap to Heaven with our Friday Roadmap Roundup. There's enough energy to melt all of the ice in the Midwest right now in this studio. I'm Adam Wright with you for the next hour, joined by Dan Vanderhaar and Angela Miller. And, well, let's begin our morning in prayer, and then we'll get to our our greetings and introductions and other salutations. Uh, This morning we are going to pray, as always, our litany, I'm sorry, our morning offering, but uh, we like to pray a litany on Friday mornings, and this morning we'll pray the litany of Loretto. We pray for the situation in Ukraine. Uh, We especially pray through the intercession of the Blessed Mother under her title, Queen of Peace. We pray for all those affected by the ongoing violence, and um, we pray for a peaceful conclusion to everything that is happening and a just conclusion to everything that is happening. We pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Holy Mother of God, pray for us. Holy Virgin of Virgins, pray for us. Mother of Christ, pray for us. Mother of the Church, pray for us. Mother of Mercy, pray for us. Mother of Divine Grace, pray for us. Mother of Hope, pray for us. Mother Most Pure, pray for us. Mother Most Chaste, pray for us. Mother Inviolate, pray for us. Mother Undefiled, pray for us. Mother Most Amiable, pray for us. Mother Most Admirable, pray for us. Mother of Good Counsel, pray for us. Mother of Our Creator, pray for us. Mother of Our Savior, Pray for us. Virgin most prudent. Pray for us. Virgin most venerable. Pray for us. Virgin most renowned. Pray for us. Virgin most powerful. Pray for us. Virgin most merciful. Pray for us. Virgin most faithful. Pray for us. Mirror of justice. Pray for us. Seat of wisdom. Pray for us. Cause of our joy. Pray for us. Spiritual vessel. Pray for us. Vessel of honor. Pray for us. Singular vessel of devotion. Pray for us. Mystical rose. Pray for us. Tower of David. Pray for us. Tower of ivory. Pray for us. House of gold. Pray for us. Ark of the covenant. Pray for us. Gate of heaven. Pray for us. Morning star. Pray for us. Health of the sick. Pray for us. Refuge of sinners. Pray for us. Solace of migrants. Pray for us. Comfort of the afflicted. Pray for us. Help of Christians. Pray for us. Queen of angels. Pray for us. Queen of patriarchs. Pray for us. Queen of prophets. Pray for us. Queen of apostles. Pray for us. Queen of martyrs. Pray for us. Queen of confessors. Pray for us. Queen of virgins. Pray for us. Queen of all saints. Pray for us. Queen conceived without original sin. Pray for us. Queen assumed into heaven. Pray for us. Queen of the most holy rosary. Pray for us. Queen of families. Pray for us. Queen of peace. Pray for us. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God. That we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Grant we beseech thee, O Lord God, that we, your servants, may enjoy perpetual health of mind and body 
and by the glorious intercession of the Blessed Mary Ever-Virgin, may be delivered from present sorrow and obtain eternal joy through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, it is good to be with you this morning. Uh, it's always good to pray with you. It's unfortunate that we are having to pray for the intentions we so often have to pray for in this world. I'd like to remind everyone that the Holy Father has called for next Wednesday to be a day of fasting and prayer, and it's also Ash Wednesday. So, you know, you're going to have to fast anyway. Uh, make it a day of fasting for that intention of peace in Ukraine and a day of prayer for that. And uh, as always, I would say, you know, don't limit yourself to that day. You don't have to limit, you, you know, you're allowed to fast outside of Ash Wednesday for this intention. So if you want to fast today, fast today. If you want to fast tomorrow, fast tomorrow. Uh, the, the world needs more of us who believe in the power of fasting and prayer to actually do the work of fasting and prayer. So uh, please, please consider that it is, it is vital. On that note, uh, Angela, good to see you this morning. You win the prize for beating Dan here. No one usually beats Dan to the studio, so a free cup of coffee for you. There yeah. you go. Um, although the coffee's free every week when we yeah. have the Roadmap Roundup. I definitely took it. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm glad to see you can make it here despite the icy roads. It was a little icy, especially in, I live on a city street, and they just don't really take care of those. As well, yeah. They the same way. They can't they... fit the trucks down. Right. <laughs> So put so on your hockey skates. And yeah, I slid come here. To the, come to the studio, right? <laughs> Dan Vonderhaar, welcome back from yeah. out, out west. Yeah, that's right. I uh, uh, flew in for Colorado. Don't say it, though. Just for the show. Yeah, just for the show. Just for the show. You're going to stay out there, but so I'll come home. You, you, I thought you were going to say, but boy, and boy, are my arms tired. No. I just thought I you were going to lie on the dad joke. No, no dad jokes this morning All right. yet. Anyway, I haven't had coffee yet. But no, I was <laughs> just going to say you could have stayed out there skiing, but you said, I want to be there on the road. I want to be here. All right. Well, let's find out if you can do some skiing here in the uh, Midwest. Uh, let's go to Mike Roberts for that forecast this morning. Today is the feast day of St. Nestor. Born in Greece in the mid-3rd century, he was a good friend of St. Demetrius. This was during the persecution of Maximian, who delighted in seeing his favorite gladiator, Laius, slay people, especially Christians, every single day in the Colosseum. Laius was a vandal and a huge, powerful man who took great pleasure in killing Christians in front of the emperor and a large crowd. Maximian had a special platform built for him with spears pointed upward and planted into the ground below him. When he defeated someone, Laius would pick them up, throw them onto the spears so that the crowd could watch them die slowly and in great pain. Nestor was severely distressed by seeing all of this and went to his friend Demetrius, who was being held by Maximian in prison, to seek his blessing. And then Nestor challenged the giant Laius. To the astonishment of the crowd and the emperor, Nestor defeated Laius and then threw him onto the same spears where so many had died at his hands. In a rage, Maximian had both Nestor and Demetrius put to death. St. Nestor, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a great day. Well, it is Roadmap Roundup time on Roadmap to Heaven this Friday morning. It is February 25th, 
And we have a lot to talk about in these final few days before Lent begins. And I want to start with this, this idea of uh, what's your favorite concrete? Uh, mine, I like <laughs> chocolate chip. Dan, what oh. about you? Uh, m- my my go-to would be banana chip. Banana chip? Angela? Uh, I would probably say cookie dough. Cookie dough. Mm-hmm. For those of you that don't live in, in near enough to have been to the uh, frozen custard stand of frozen custard stands. Concrete is when you take frozen custard and just blend in whatever. Cookie dough, chocolate chip, banana chip here. Uh, as good as that is, I, I, I don't know if we're giving those up for Lent, but I want to talk about concrete versus abstract. I got, I got a little distracted there. Um, but it's so easy on a radio program. When we're trying to bring you, the listener, ideas of what you can do this Lent, it's so easy for us to talk in abstract terms. You know, think about giving something up that maybe you'll notice because uh, you like to cook or because you're, you like to eat or because you like to read. or you know. And we give you a lot of abstract things. And sometimes I have a really difficult time moving from the abstract to the concrete. So uh, I'm curious, Angela, what, what do you do to get out of the abstract in your life? I mean, we, we have all these great ideas of, oh, I, you know, someone mentioned that. That'd be wonderful to do. But how do you take that and then apply it to your life. Sure. Um, It's probably doing what I haven't done yet, which is actually getting into prayer, thinking about what it is in my life that is keeping me personally from my relationship, growing deeper with God, writing it out, scheduling it, and putting it into practice as soon as Lent comes. And then also keeping someone... Um, in the loop and keeping me accountable. Um, and yeah, because I think there's definitely a temptation once Lent hits to say, um, oh, it, it worked for like the first week and then I, I forgot about that thing yeah. that I was supposed to give up or or it just kind of being wishy-washy and switching. Oh, well, I said I wasn't going to uh, drink at all during Lent, but I can do once once a week. How about that? Yeah, we, 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 we kind of go back on the path, which is a reminder why we love the season of the Jessima Sundays, uh, you know, where we have the pre-Lent practice time. Uh-huh. Say, you know, yeah, maybe I bit off a little bit more than I could chew there. Dan, what about you? How do you, how do you take things from the abstract to the concrete? I like what Angela said, but particularly about uh, scheduling it. Um, so for me, going from the abstract to the concrete is more... Um, I can do the no alcohol, right? I, I can do, you know, but what am I doing for others? What else can I do for others? So uh, I find that if I'm going to serve, I need to schedule it. Mm-hmm. If I just say, hey, this Lent, I want to do this, <laughs> yeah. uh, it doesn't seem to happen. I got to literally put it on the Outlook calendar to make it happen. And the other piece that, I, that has helped me is when somebody asks you, Hey, can you join us for this? Just say yes. Without checking your calendar, without worrying about it, just, you know, that crazy prayer, Holy Spirit, clear my schedule. It works really well. Um, just say yes. Just say yes. And I think you'll find yourself doing those things that you want to do. You want to help me move something at my house later this week? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, I, you know, that, that is kind of the concrete thing. Um, Yesterday I was out, uh, and this is like my kind of weather uh, for clearing sidewalks. We got eight inches of snow, was that two Thursdays ago? Every Thursday. We've had winter weather for the past three weeks. We are on a streak here. Um, 
But yesterday, it's like you put some salt down, and then you let it sit for 15, 20 minutes, and then you go out, and it's loosened everything up that you can easily scrape it off, uh, you know, the, the slush off the sidewalk or the steps. We have 14 steps between our front door and the street, so, you know, it's very vital for us. As someone who has full-on, uh, like Marv from Home Alone, fallen down all of those steps in the ice before. I'm, I'm, I'm a little particular about this. But I'm out there and I'm looking and my uh, neighbor's sidewalk is, it, I mean, it looks primed. I'm looking at it like, oh, that'll come up really easy if I do it right now. And my neighbor wasn't home. And I just thought, you know what? I could do that. There's no reason I can't do this for my neighbor right now you know and not someone this isn't a case of a senior citizen living next door that wouldn't be able to get out and shovel if they wanted to Uh, my neighbor is fully capable of it but it it was stopping to say adam don't be lazy it's good to go it's ready to go it's going to take you an extra seven to eight minutes to do you know this is a postage stamp size lot that we live on Mm. you know to, to shovel the sidewalk shovel the sidewalk and sometimes it's that it's you know Friends listening to Roadmap to Heaven, you should do something nice for your neighbor means that I also need to say, oh, I have an opportunity here. Let's take it. Do Uh, we even look for that, too? Like, do we look for opportunities to serve our neighbor? And uh, because I think it's really easy for me to say, well, I did my piece and I and I'm done and I'm going to get on my phone or I'm going to get back to work. And but wow, like to even look for opportunities to serve is uncomfortable yeah very much so that which actually leads into our next question um, because we want to apply this to in, in Lent we talk about prayer fasting and almsgiving and I think with prayer it's very easy to get into specifics you know a lot of people will say for Lent I'm going to go to daily mass one day a week that's very concrete or I am going to pray the litany of humility every day or I'm going to pray the rosary every day if I'm not praying it daily already those are very concrete easy things to put on our calendar, um, our, our fasting or our penance, you know, I'm going to give up coffee or alcohol or salt or screen time or whatever that may be. That is very easy to put into the concrete. But what about our almsgiving? Because we're called to prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And if you're like me, friends, it's very tempting when they come and say, we're going to have a second collection next weekend for this need and say, oh, that's an urgent need. And, and we write the check and we put it in the envelope and drop it in the collection basket. And that's good, but it's also easy, you know, and I like that. But what about Christ standing right in front of me, maybe in the grocery store line with more groceries than they are able to pay for? And then they realize and they're having to make some decisions to put things back. If I have the ability, do I stop and say, hey, let me buy that for you? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, the grocery store line is a good example. Uh, let's be situationally aware. You know, to your point, Angela, let's look for these opportunities to uh, you know serve and give and and offer, because I think they're in front of us more often than we think. But we don't have the presence of mind, you know, the kind of the spirit in our heart that we're ready. We're ready to say yes when we see that need arise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I'm I'm going to be really honest that I haven't prepared for my Lenten practices. And and almsgiving is always a tricky one. Um, I remember uh, being in college and thinking, well, I don't really have money, so how am I going to do my almsgiving? Um, And I think at one point um, I 
I wrote a letter to a different person every week or I said a uh, a rosary for a different person every day and um, that was my way of, of serving the people in my life. But now that I'm beyond that stage, um, I've, I've been told that one of the practices that I could take on is we have so many opportunities to serve um, in, in uh, homeless shelters and soup kitchens in St. Louis. There's definitely a lot, a lot of opportunity for that. Um, and then also um, one of my, uh, my friends have shown me um, blessing bags are just like a really good opportunity to just have those ready in my car. Indeed. And mm-hmm. make those yeah. throughout Lent. You know, a small thing, but what I like to do, um, particularly during Lent, is just tip really well. Yeah, yeah. Well, we need to take a break here, but before we go to the break, I want to leave you with some concrete ideas. I don't want to leave this in the abstract. So here's a couple things. Dan Vonderhart said this last time, socks for the homeless. So if you're going to make these blessing bags that have, you know, protein bars, sanitizing wipes, maybe some hand sanitizer, um, bottled water, and and socks, you know, um, go out, and they're cheap to get cotton socks. Go out and get some and, and keep them in your car ready to hand out. I, I would say this. Call up if your parish has a food pantry or St. Vincent de Paul. Call them up and say, what do you need? You know, make that phone call. Don't just go through your pantry and say, here's what I could give up. Here's what I could get rid of. But call them and say, what do you need? And then make a trip to the grocery store to pick up what they need and then drop that off for them. Um, that That is something very good that you can do as well in very concrete and maybe it's a matter of every time you go to the store you know you you could say can you just text me i'm going to text you what do you need and i'll pick up a little bit extra Um, that's a good way to go we're going to take a break here on the roadmap roundup we'll be back stay tuned We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. It's the Roadmap Roundup this Friday morning. I'm Adam Wright, joined in studio by Dan Vonderhaar and Angela Miller. We're talking about moving from the abstract to the concrete today, and I hope that as you put your ice melt out, it prevents you from moving to the concrete in a way that would be unpleasant. We want to talk about concrete actions, not uh, not the concrete underneath our feet. <laughs> I had a moment yesterday, too. I was really glad I had a, I had an ice. It, it, it's my ice shovel. Dan, I've reached this age in life where I don't just have a snow shovel. I have two. <laughs> I have one for ice and one for snow. And soon I'm going to get the ice scraper. Um, but I was about to slip, and I put that shovel down into the grass next to me, and it's oh, there we go. I've got stability now, and my yak tracks are a blessing. I'm very grateful for those. If you have those things that slip on over your shoes, whatever, whatever. There's so many different kinds out there that have the metal spikes or metal wire wrapped around them. You can run on ice. It's, it's fantastic. Um, I want to take a time, take some time to reflect during the season of Lent. And again, this is something that we often say, it's very easy to say, yes, I want to take some time to reflect. But when are we going to take that time to reflect? Uh, the question before us, can you identify, and I want you, the listener, to think about this right now. If you, whether you're on the drive to work right now, or you're still at home drinking a cup of coffee, getting the kids ready because maybe they have a late start or maybe you've reached that season of life where you don't have to get kids out the door. You're just at home having a cup of coffee because you don't have to be anywhere. And I salute you. Uh, But when are three specific times today 
where you could stop for some quiet time and reflection. And I'm not talking about hours at a time. I'm talking 5, 10, 15 minutes in your day to just stop and reflect. Dan Vonderhaar. Ooh. Um, well, I think we all have, uh, many of us have uh, a morning and evening prayer ritual, and that's critical to do that. Um, you know, our a group of mine, we, we sometimes call it the horizontal prayer where we're, we're laying down and maybe we don't get all the <laughs> prayers in. So, you know, make sure it's vertical prayer uh, instead of just horizontal prayer, laying in bed. Um, and, um, you know, I, uh, like midday, like around lunchtime, you know, is a, is a good time just to kind of have that, that mental spirit to, to pause or just say grace before every meal, not just dinner. Yeah, after, after every meal. I want to yeah. throw that in there, too. You can say grace. Yep. In fact, you should say grace after the meal, too. Um, Gratitude. Gratitude, exactly. Angela, what about you? What are three specific times today that you could start? Today's probably easy because you're working from home today, aren't you? No, I'm going in. You're going in. All right. So what are three specific times you could stop today? So I was thinking, um, this is kind of silly, but uh, sometimes I get so wrapped up in the day that uh, I even forget to take time to, to calm down or in quiet myself. So trips to the bathroom sometimes are all that people can afford to <laughs> if they're if they're working with kids in the home or um, got a really busy schedule. So um, that is at least the catalyst for starting the prayer. Uh, I have a, a moment away now, so I'm gonna uh, turn that into a moment with with the Lord. But also, I, the um, the church gives us uh, the liturgy of the hours, and I really love the liturgy of the hours. So. Um, I think that using those uh, morning, midday, and evening prayers or night prayer is my favorite. But okay, yeah, is it good? You know, Adam. The more we talk about this, the more it, it it makes me think. All right, what what am I doing today? Mm-hmm. You know, what what am I doing right after I leave the radio station? What am I doing this afternoon? What am I doing this evening? And now my my brain is kind of on fire, thinking, okay, well, I know that I've got this much time in the car between mm-hmm. here and the next place I got to go. You know, I could certainly work in at least a couple decades of a rosary before I get there. Um, so I'm kind of realizing in the moment that if I'm intentional about what my day is going to be like, I can start to, um, right now I'm thinking, okay, well, I th- actually I'm going to, you know, I, I don't really have a, a business lunch today, so that's different. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm just finding that if I'm intentional about what I'm doing during the day, I'm already finding places where I know I can pray. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I, I've worked jobs before where I've had to walk from my office to other parts of the campus on a regular basis. You know, when I was at the one parish, I'd walk from the rectory office over to the school or over to the church. And um, I know that my dad, who never worked for the church, he had a similar thing in one of his jobs where he was walking from his office to other parts of the plant because he worked in logistics and maybe he had to go check in with the, the warehouse supervisor or the, the shipping manager yeah, how many crates of it was maraschino cherries that he uh, he managed? How many crates of cherries do we need to order? How many do we have? You know, and taking that time, maybe when you've walked out of the office to go, it, it could be as simple as you stop because you needed to go use the restroom. When you come back, even just for sixty seconds, take sixty seconds of quiet and composure, just to reflect, and then go right back in to what you were working on. Another thing that, that I find gives me some great time to just be present and, and reflect, 
um, is to I don't get out of the cars most times if I'm if like say we're talking on the phone on a Thursday evening and oh good to have you on the roundup tomorrow I think these are going to be the topics uh, anything you want to add to that that conversation doesn't end with me walking into the house that ends in the car before I walk into the house and if that means I have to sit in the car. Uh, cold days and hot days, those conversations move a lot quicker, by the way. Spring and fall, they tend to go on. But that way, when I go into the house, if I'm the only one home, I can stop and enjoy the quiet of the house and sit down on the couch for just a moment to reflect. Other times, I take that time in the car to reflect before I go into the house. Finish up the phone call and then take a moment. You know, my wife works hard on the days that she's at work as a nurse, working 12, 13, 14 hours a day. When she's not at work, she works hard parenting our children and managing our household. And before I just go in, oh, I'm, I'm steamed because I've been working all day and I'm tired and I'm fatigued and what's for dinner and this and that and the other thing, take a few moments of quiet. Now, I want to preface that or I want, I want to put a caveat to that. Be aware of your surroundings. You know, we, we live in a neighborhood that is good, but there have been instances like late at night, I don't advise sitting in your car and taking the time to reflect. But maybe when you, you get to the store, you could do a similar thing or just turn the music off for your drive. You know, and another great thing, and I, I know a lot of my friends have this somewhere. There are so many great places in this city of St. Louis for adoration. Mm. And um, a lot of us have a, a go-to chapel, a place we like to pray on our way home. Um, but sometimes too, we just drive by it. And all it takes is just that extra turn of the steering wheel. Right, just mm-hmm. to guide you into that parking lot and make it a good habit of, of doing just that, of, of spending some time with the Lord in one of your favorite places to be. Yeah. I like to, when I visit a new place, to stop into a church. You know, I, go, I get the occasion to go up and visit with some of our, our guests up in Springfield, Illinois, listening on WTTT. Um, and it's always a beautiful drive up to Springfield because I always choose to drive on beautiful days. Um, but they have a, a beautiful cathedral there, and it's nice at the, you know, either before I hit the road to come back home or when I arrive to stop at the cathedral and just sit in the quiet and pray for a few minutes. So, friends, I encourage you, uh, think about your day today. When are three times today, not just uh, abstract times, but concrete times where you can stop for 5, 10, 15 minutes and reflect. We are going to stop here for a few minutes. When we come back, we'll have our Catholic question of the day. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Catholic question of the day for you this morning, and it, and it is this. Which sin does baptism take away? Which sin does baptism take away? Think about that for a moment. The answer is original sin, but here's the, there's a caveat to this. It's like a bonus. Uh, in the case of an infant who's baptized, you know, an infant doesn't have uh, full consent of the will. I, for, I forget what they call it. Um, they're still ignorant because they're an infant, right? You know, and it's not a bad thing. Um, I should know this because we, we just did this with our second grader. But, you know, it's different for my four-year-old to know right and wrong. She doesn't know that yet. Uh, versus the age of reason. That's the term I'm searching for here. In there you go. The age of reason. It's a coffee hasn't kicked in. Uh, they haven't reached the age of reason. So an infant you know, has original sin when they're born, but baptism takes that away. However, in the case of an unbaptized person who has reached the age of reason and perhaps 
has done some sinful things, has committed some sins when they are baptized. It takes away not just their original sin, but all of the sins they've committed up into that point. And uh, it's a a beautiful, beautiful thing. I remember when my brother-in-law went through RCIA, they were talking about that. So, you know, we're going to do baptism, confirmation, and First Holy Communion all at the same time, but what about First Reconciliation? And the priest said, no, if you're being baptized tonight at the Easter, or, you know, that night at the Easter Vigil, uh, it, it takes away all sins up until that point, so you don't even need to go to reconciliation. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. For more about baptism, you know, I want to go back to, I've been saying it all week, Frank Sheed's Theology of Four Beginners. I didn't read you a passage today, but there's some great stuff in there about baptism. And as always, uh, we love to give those books away, so give us a call here at the station. We'll, we'd be happy to send you one. Um, it, it, it's a wonderful thing. But don't call right now because there's no one here to answer the phone. <laughs> it's just the three of us. We're on the air. <laughs> we'll have to, we'd have to take a break to take your call, but give us a call later today. Anyway, uh, you know, our next topic is one that we, we sent out and we, I sent out, and Angela said, I don't understand this one because it was Adam Wright. Uh, actually writing at a time in the context of what I'm talking about with this, at the end of the day sometimes, uh, I waste time. Right. And I thought about this last night as I was trying not to waste time. So this question was worded a little disjointed, but it's essentially this. Last week, Dan Vonderhaar, you may recall that I talked about how there was ice and the car was glazed over and I woke up at 4 a.m. because I I needed to use the the bathroom. And then I said, I'm up. I'm going to stay up. There's a virtue in that because if I go back to sleep, it'll be harder to not hit the snooze button and, and yay me. You know, and it was like a great day of triumph. Uh, as St. Jose Maria Escrivá would say, the heroic moment, conquering that first temptation to go back to bed. Monday morning, not so much. I stayed up way too late Sunday night uh, to the point that I almost didn't make it out the door to get to the station in time to do Roadmap to Heaven on Monday morning. Not a good situation, a lot of failure there. And why? Because Sunday night I wasted a lot of time on things that I didn't need to be doing, you know, just noodling around on the guitar, not even practicing for (laughs) some of the gigs I've got coming up, but just noodling around, watching movies on uh, a streaming service, or, or anything like that, and uh, reading reading blogs. And finally at 11-something, I said, oh, I really ought to go to bed, which I normally go to bed at 9, and I paid for it the next day. And here's what I find. I, I'm getting a little verbose here. I apologize. On the days when I get up and I commit to getting up and I conquer that first temptation to hit the snooze alarm, and then I have a full day, I go to bed really tired. But those tend to be the days that are full and, and that at the end of the day I'm just exhausted from it. Those are the days that I seem to be a lot more open to grace and have a lot easier time resisting the temptations for the sins that I typically fall into because I just don't have time for them. And is there a virtue in living such a full, packed day that every day we go to bed Tired and Dan, you grew up on a farm, so yeah. I imagine you know something. Yeah, about yeah, this. the uh, what we call the dignity of hard work, right? Um, that absolutely there is, and I think we all know physically after a great hard day, particularly a, a, a physically hard day, how well we sleep and how good that feels. Um, but that can also be, you know, any kind of day. It doesn't have to just be physical labor. We know that when we put our head on the pillow that was a good day. I feel good about that day and and we sleep well. 
So um, absolutely. And th- there is a balance. You know, we, so this is what I love about, you know, the way you, you structured all this conversation, Adam. Um, yes, we need to be intentional about our day. Um, are we fulfilling our purpose? You know, are we doing what we're meant to do, what God's calling us to do? And, uh, and while we're doing that, are we taking some time, you know, to reflect during the day, right? Balancing both of those things. But without a doubt, being intentional about what you just described, because I think we all do it. I, I know I do it, particularly on the weekends, too. You mentioned Sunday night. Like, that's the, that's the night where maybe, maybe I'm not looking forward to Monday morning or something, and, and I'm, you know, dwaddling in my evening. But being intentional about that um, and kind of just honoring the, the dignity of hard work. I think you're right in the sense that it's – I'm going back to what we talked about earlier about scheduling um, and the fact that there are – our lives are made for that structure. <laughs> God made us that way. And when we put avoidance in the way of the structure of our lives, um, whether it's uh, taking extra time in the evening to, to really, man, I just don't want the next day to come and I'm just going to really milk this rest time that I have and get a lot out of it. Well, we're not actually doing our bodies a favor because what we need is the rest. So um, yeah, I mean, the fact that God gave us a very scheduled uh, life and uh, a body that needs that is really what's going to do us well. Every now and then I see a book that I'm like, oh, I should probably read that um, because I like the concept of what the book's about. And one of those books is a book called Sabbath Rest. And I haven't read it. So, you know, I'm not, this is in no way an endorsement or a detraction of the book. I really have no idea if it's a good book or not. But just that idea of Sabbath rest. And we talk about this that we have really gotten away from the idea that Sunday is a day of rest. We go to Mass and we have a day of rest. It should not be a day of servile work. Um, if you happen to find, you know, I, I love in the Baltimore, I think it's the Baltimore Catechism. There's an example like, is it okay for Billy to mow lawns on Sundays? And it's like, well, if Billy's mowing lawns on Sunday because he needs to do chores on Sunday and he's doing it to make money, um, you know, because he, he needs an income, he shouldn't do it on Sunday because that's servile work. But if Billy really just enjoys mowing lawns, like he finds that relaxing and enjoyable, <laughs> then it's perfectly all right for Billy to mow lawns on Sunday. And I'm like, I, I got to meet this Billy guy because who finds <laughs> yeah, mowing lawns? I want him as a neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway, um, the more and more I work during the week, the more grateful I am because come Sunday, we go to 8 o'clock Mass most of the time if we get out the door. That's the big thing is if we get out the door on time. Um, and then I just want to come home and take a, you know, eat breakfast and, and lay on the couch and play with the kids or, or read books or watch a movie or something, but like not be active at all. And that has been a game changer for us because then come Monday morning on the days that I do Sunday well, Monday also goes well. And now we've laid a great foundation for the rest of the week by keeping that priority on Sunday. Um, I'll tell you what, we're going we're gonna to pull an audible here. We were going to take a break, but I want to do one more topic before we go to the break here. And then so we're going to this is like the lightning round here. Mm-hmm. All of the stuff we've been talking about for the last few weeks, our Lenten penances, thinking about the, what those will be. And Angela, you still have time, but you're running out to so start thinking. Yeah. Um, Lenten penances, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, all of this is designed to help us enter into the Paschal mystery even more so. And I think it's really easy, especially, you know, not to make light of what's happening in Ukraine, but you see what's happening in Ukraine these last weeks. 
and you say, and, and particularly these last 48 hours, the world needs a savior. It's obvious we need a savior. You see the way the culture is going. You say the world needs a savior. That's obvious. But at the heart of it, Dan Vonderhaar and Angela Miller and Adam Wright, we all need a savior. I need a savior because of my own sin. And that's an important thing. It's not like, oh, this is an abstract for the world. Concrete, each and every one of us needs Jesus to save us. So lightning round question, how do your Lenten prayers and disciplines help you see your need for a Savior? Angela Miller. Yes, I uh, I think that's why it's so important that we take the time to look at what's blocking us from Jesus, because those are the sins that are keeping us away from God and uh, we need his grace to come into our lives and clean those up. We need him to save us from those things. I was thinking the same thing. Eye on the prize. Yeah. I, we, ha- we have the knowledge of, of what happens, you know, on, on Easter Sunday. We know that in advance. So let's keep our eye on the prize and use that as motivation to, to grow in grace. You know, every week I talk about that backpack routine that we have with the kids, and uh, especially weekends are the hardest for that. And the other morning, we had one of those mornings where we were just a mess getting out the door. Why? Because I didn't take the time to put the disciplines into practice. I got lazy in the evening, and I didn't put the disciplines into practice for the next morning. And I lost my temper with the kids, and I raised my voice. And that's on me. Um, And it's one of those things that I'm never going to be able to go back and undo any of the, even, even if it's not tremendous damage or pain or suffering. I can't undo any of those moments. But God's grace can work through those moments, and to be a better husband, to be a better father, to be a better Catholic radio on-air host, I need a Savior because I mess up. And the more I do my Lenten practices, it's kind of like um, you know driving this morning with a little bit of ice uh, dots on the windshield left from what came onto the window after I scraped it last night. Sometimes when we're not pointed towards the light, we don't see it. But then as soon as the light shines on our windshield, we see every last imperfection. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving and focusing in on those helps me to see every last imperfection in my life. And that gets me to the sacrament of reconciliation. And wow, am I grateful. And it wouldn't be possible without the Paschal Mystery and without God's grace, especially sanctifying grace. We're going to stop here and take a break, take another check of the weather. And Patty Schneier's got a daily dose of encouragement for us. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We are wrapping up the week of the daily dose of encouragement, talking about fostering vocations. And here to bring a conclusion to this topic is Patty Schneier. I love talking about fostering vocations. Of course, many of you know I'm the mother of a priest, and a lot of times people will ask me, you know, what did you do? And I always say, I didn't do anything. I really didn't. But there's one thing I wish we would have done. I did not know about this at the time, so I'm going to throw this out today as a daily dose of encouragement. I think, first of all, I just want to say that for all Catholic families, pondering a vocation to the religious life and priesthood, we need to do whatever we can to make this the norm. The norm that every young Catholic boy or girl at some point in his or her life, maybe we say it in a gentle way, we ponder it, we talk about it at dinner, we pray about it. That should be the norm. And then I started thinking about, well, what is the norm for young kids often in their own playtime, how they play? And many young kids play dress up, right? We have a box in the basement with dress up clothes, whether or not that's, you know, for a girl to dress up or boys to dress up and play firemen or policemen. You know, there's costumes a lot of times in a house to play dress up. And I wish, I wish so badly that we would have had childhood dress up clothes 
for little vestments or nuns' habits, you know, so that you can just foster this in their imagination and in their play. And I just want to throw a shout out. There is a woman in Nebraska whom I met at an International Sarah Club convention, and she had a booth, and she literally sews beautiful children's chasubles and habits, and she has mass kits for kids to be able to play mass. And she has a website. So here's what I'm going to throw this out. It's, I'm sorry, it's an email address. Her name is Linda Kirkman, and her email is kirkmanlinda at hotmail.com. So K-E-R-K-M-A-N, Kirkman, Linda, L-I-N-D-A, at hotmail.com. She sews children's play vestments and has an unbelievable mask kit that you can order for your kids, for your grandkids. Again, it should be the norm to play dress up. And if you want to offer this, I also think every Catholic preschool should have dress up clothes for priests and nuns and a, and a mask kit for kids to be able to play. Again, it's just an idea, but get that for your kids, for your grandkids. It's a way to foster their imagination and to picture themselves doing this someday, fostering holy vocations. I love it. I love it. As a father of young children who play dress up all of the time, I think this is fantastic. Patty, thank you so much for this wonderful week of encouragement, talking about how we can do tangible things to foster vocations to the priesthood. We are done with winter precipitation. Skies will clear this afternoon. We'll end up with a high of 32 degrees, cold tonight with a low of 18, but dry. And then for the weekend, partly sunny both Saturday and Sunday, a high of 40 on Saturday, 50 Sunday. And the 6 to 10-day outlook points to warmer than normal temperatures and above normal precipitation. All right, we are back. You're listening to the Roadmap Roundup here on Roadmap to Heaven this Friday morning, February 25th. The uh, you know I'm waiting for the sun to come out today and, and melt the glaze. Uh, I don't really like glazed things. I don't even really like glazed donuts. You really, know, I don't. I, I mean, wow. I'll, I'll what, about, what about what about glazed salmon? No, I like. I just no. like grilled grilled salmon. No glaze. Uh, I, uh, now that said, there is a fish fry. My my buddy Neil. Yeah, I got, not really. We're not good buddies, but Neil's a great guy. I wish we were good buddies. He's one of those people I know in life. And this is really appropriate for our next topic, by the way. Uh, Neil's a great guy, and he runs the fish fry out at Christ Prince of Peace Parish in Baldwin, Missouri. And while I don't have a favorite fish fry, I do have a list of fish fries I try to get to. And I'm going to throw this caveat out there. I would love to come to your fish fry listeners. If you're within a reasonable driving distance, let me know about it. Um, and, I, you know, I'd be happy to come visit and Always happy. I keep a list. Uh, I, you know, I try to keep it up on our, our Facebook of where some of the fish fries are. Anyway, Neil makes a bourbon maple glazed salmon. That is fantastic. But that said, the sun can come out and melt this little ice glaze we've got going. That would be great. So our last topic is not ice. It actually has to do with things like glazed salmon. Uh, your go-to Lenten meal, that's another thing that you know we think of. We have to abstain from meat. But what am I going to do? And I want to give our listeners some concrete ideas, especially for those that just don't like to cook. Um, what's something simple or, or a go-to staple? So, Dan, you, you have a few. You know, I, I said it. Um, we're salmon eaters. So, you know, that's an easy one to prepare, quick to cook, put it on the grill, put it on a cedar plank, put it in the oven, top it with something or nothing. Um, but growing up, 
it was the classic St. Louis Jack Salmon. Please tell me. Oh, no. Thank you. No, thank you. The others, though. You know what I'm talking I about, I know what right? you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah. Did, yeah. Did, did, was it breaded in cornflakes? Like yeah, ours? something like that. Yeah. They always had it at the no, fish fry, and, and I was always like, who eats that? Oh, my gosh. I want to go back. All right. <laughs> uh, Ange- Angela, what about you? I do not eat fish, um, so I go for a classic grilled cheese and mm. tomato soup. Okay. Now, what kind of cheese are you putting on that? Uh, I personally like pepper jack. Ooh. Huh. A little spice. Um. But we had a really interesting conversation in the young adult Facebook group because one of our uh, uh, young adults said, hey, I'm a vegetarian. What am I supposed to do on what – what are some ideas for my uh, Friday observance? And so many people came out of the woodwork and said, what do you like? What do you? Can you give up coffee on Friday? Can you give up um, music on Friday? Um, so I thought those were some really good ideas, too. Yeah, we're actually going to have a really great conversation or two next week. Uh, Father Wade Menezes is going to be on the show both Monday and Wednesday talking about Lent with some ideas for, you know, we talk about negatives and positives in terms of addition and subtraction. I'm going to subtract this from my life. I'm going to add this. That's something Father Wade will be talking about. Father Jeffrey Kirby is going to be on the show on Wednesday talking about fasting. And uh, in our prep for that, we were talking about what do you do? You know, it's like, don't eat meat. Okay, check. That one's easy for me. I don't, <laughs> I don't like to eat meat. Eat fish. I love fish. Check. But how do you make that a fast? How do you make that something penitential? I, I, guys, I'm just going to add, I, I wasn't expecting pepper jack. Really? Yeah, that one caught me off guard. Oh, yeah. Pepper jack grilled cheese. With tomato, so I don't like good. tomato soup, but with a, with the right soup, I could see that pairing very well. Um, I'm a tuna melt guy, but they're not the mm. easiest to make. But the the recipe that that we have, I'll have to look it up. I'll share it next week. Um, it's it's English muffins, and it's a spread of tuna, um, soft. They call it pub cheese, that, that soft cheddar cheese that you get that's spreadable on crackers and whatnot. A little bit of garlic powder, a little bit of mayonnaise. Um, I forget what else. There's like one other ingredient, and you just Whisk that all together with a fork, spread it on the English muffin, and then put that under the broiler for five minutes. And I used to hate these as a kid. Hate them. <laughs> We'd have tuna melts and clam chowder on Friday nights during Lent. And I'm like, can't we go to the fish fry? Because this is disgusting. I cannot. <laughs> no, and, and, and my children feel the same way. I still don't like clam chowder. But tuna melts, I will make a whole batch of them. And I have to immediately put some into the freezer. Uh, they will keep in the freezer because if I don't, I will get gluttonous and eat the whole batch. Um, friends, here's the thing. You say, but Adam, I can't cook, and I have to do this. Salmon, I'm going to go back to Dan's here. Oh, here's what I found. I'm the only one in my house that likes salmon. I need to eat it for my cholesterol. I get uh, It's like a 7- or 8-ounce piece, a little filet. I put it in the corningware dish. I sprinkle a little bit of lemon pepper or Old Bay on it. Not a lot, just a little. It goes a long way. 350-degree oven, and the way at our altitude with how our oven circulates air inside, <laughs> about 20, 22 minutes, it comes out perfectly done. And once you once you dial that in, like how long does my salmon need to be in, it is the most repeatable process, just making a filet of salmon with lemon pepper or Old Bay on it. Um, you, you come home from work, you... Get it ready, you stick it in the oven, then go put your things away and come back, and you have a very simple Lenten dinner. And uh, sometimes I think that's the key is it's not just about abstaining from meat, but perhaps, especially if that's not a big deal for you, the simplicity. Don't go out Mm -hmm. for the 85-course, all-you-can-eat seafood buffet Mm -hmm. and and, and say, I'm being Lenten. 
Um, go and do it if you enjoy it, but maybe not in the spirit yeah, of Lent. Yeah. Lobster mac and cheese every Friday oh. may not be you know exactly what we're thinking about. Uh, actually, that would be very penitential <laughs> for me. I, I almost thought about having another round of indulgence or penance this morning here on Roadmap to Heaven, but I just couldn't stomach it. But I'm um, ching. There goes the music. That has been a fast 60 minutes this morning. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, into the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace. Pray for us. Saint Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, again, tune in next week for uh, kind of the wrap-up and culmination of our Lenten preparation. We've spent so much time getting ready for Lent so that we can hit the ground running on Ash Wednesday, which is next Wednesday. We'll have Father Wade Menezes on the show, Father Jeffrey Kirby, and more. Until then, for all of us here at Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Angela Miller. I'm Dan Vonderhaar. Pray your rosary today.